0: Hi day everybody, welcome back to Boca Talks. This is Jesse Rosario from The Boca Box. I am the owner and nutrition professional here. Uh, we are focused on helping people live healthier lifestyles by providing uh, dietary specific meals for them, but in a way where it's not restrictive and they actually enjoy it. You know, The whole point of what we do, again, is to create a healthier Guam. Uh, Boca Talks is a podcast on the KOAM Podcast Network So please follow us on any of the KOM platforms and listen and um, I guess share our episodes with uh, with those that I guess would want to listen to it Uh, today I have dr. Luan Wen with me we are going to be taking a dive into a subject that for a long time I've really been um, very passionate about Uh, for me it started at a at a young age with my grandparents and just seeing the lifestyle that they lived seeing the effects that it had on them and we're going to be talking about diabetes uh, this is actually going to be a I want it to be like an eight-part series where we start talking about the importance of diabetes management the difference between management versus reversing diabetes um, I want to talk about the importance of how lifestyle contributes to diabetes and, and all of that so Please follow us and um, listen for other episodes uh, coming up. But Dr. Wayne, I want to thank you for coming down to the shop and uh, talking with us. Well, yeah, thank you for having me here. It's always fun to hang out and talk with you. All right, it's we we're we're very very busy guys, but every now and then we get the opportunity to to, to show our passion for the uh, the path and the careers that we have. You know, and you um, congratulations to you on on Winning Pika's Best Family Physician, oh, also New Gen on uh, Pika's Best Physical Therapy Clinic. Yeah. Clinic. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you guys have been doing really, really great stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so today let's just let's jump right into it. Uh, diabetes is basically for for me. Like I said, it's it's something that I've had a passion for. Uh, I remember when I was in middle school through high school. Uh, th- Three of the four grandparents that I ha- had had uh, three of them had diabetes and I kind of saw how it changed their how it changed their life and I saw the quality of life that they had before it really took over them and then as they got older in years and diabetes really started to affect them I saw kind of the decrease in the quality of life uh, my grandfather had amputations um, and you know Had to go to dialysis. My other grandmother was always at dialysis, you know, very inactive. They ate bad. I had one grandparent uh, out of the three that was, I guess, more active than the rest just because she liked taking us in the garden and and doing stuff with us. But, you know, it didn't affect her as bad as it did with the other ones. But we all know that diabetes is a very big problem, especially for a small island. And you coming from um, American Medical Clinic. Right. You, you see a lot of the patients and you deal with a lot of the, um, the things that diabetes does to people. So can you kind of go into what you kind of see out there and what your take is on, on how important it is for us to understand diabetes and how to how to live with it? Right. So, yeah, it certainly seems like it affected your family. and It's kind of close to your heart. And,
1: um, you know we should just kind of go straight into the numbers on how prevalent this is um how big of an issue it is um you know just looking at you know the statistics it's estimated at the data world bank that about 18.7 percent of the uh, adult population have diabetes so you know almost a quarter and that's growing every year by 0.3 percent so that's gonna really kick in effect as the years go by and the, the scary part is I estimate that probably we're hitting close to 50% if you combine pre-diabetes with diabetes so half of us have some sort of insulin resistance, some blood sugar dysregulation and that's a big number of people and once you're pre-diabetic it's, it's just that, that next stage over to becoming diabetes so I feel like it's going to be a big tidal wave coming
0: in how, uh, how long would you say that that's uh, going to happen?
1: Right. So probably estimated that you know we're looking at models and i feel this is probably underestimated or under calculated very conservative but say they're saying by 2060 about 25 percent of us um you know will have in the world um this is for i would say for guam okay or, or wow. america or That's u.s right? and probably higher in the you know surrounding islands even more than more so than guam So it's gonna be staggering numbers, right? And that's just, we're just talking numbers. Sometimes that doesn't really mean anything. So sometimes, you know, you talked about amputations and all these kind of quality of life things um, that can affect people, but I kind of want to look at a different lens, right? Sometimes people understand things when we're talking about finances or money and looking at through those lenses. So um, just to kind of give you an idea, about one out of four U.S. healthcare dollars are spent um, on diabetes. So that's a lot of, that's a big proportion. And it's estimated about uh, $16,600 is what it costs to um, take care of someone with diabetes in the healthcare system. So that's per patient per year. So I kind of did some rough math, right? I mean, you know, I'm not a, a statistician or anything like that, but if you do basic math, if you say about a quarter of the population or 18% of the adult population will have diabetes or has diabetes, and so conserv- conservatively that's maybe 25,000 currently on Guam that have diabetes. You multiply that by 16,600. That's about you know four, 400 to 500 million dollars a year we're spending just on diabetes. Just to take care of the just, people that have and it. Just in the healthcare system, Dang, right? That's a lot of money. That's a big budget. Um, so, And the, the crazy thing is that's gonna increase every year. And, and um, what I worry about is, is, is that gonna push over to the edge where is our healthcare system gonna be sustainable with that kind of rate? So we're not even talking strokes, you know we just injuries diabetes. fractures injuries yeah. you know none of that you know a lot of diabetes is a root for a lot of other conditions obviously like heart attacks and strokes but I mean there's a lot of other medical conditions that are, are being treated and this
0: is just a small portion of that yeah I got so I have two questions yeah. um one and this has been on my mind for a long time right yeah with with the increase in technology, with the increase in science, now, yeah. you know, we've made advances over the past, I would say, past two or three decades. Yeah. You know, we can't, we can't even live without our phones anymore. Yeah. That's how attached to technology and science we are. Yeah. But because there's been great advancements in that, you would assume that those advancements would also affect problems like diabetes, right. like you would bring it down. Yeah, but it hasn't. Why do you think? That we have such a big problem with diabetes, and like you said, with it increasing and not being able to stop it. Yeah,
1: so I think with technology and things of uh, th- the advances in surgery and medications and things like that, um, we're able to better handle acute care or complications of diabetes. You know, people, it's it's taking a little bit longer to die from diabetes, okay. um, and we can save people if they have a septic uh, um, like a Uh, infection in the foot or something like that right but the the simple answer is in my philosophy and I think the simple answer is you can't cure a a lifestyle (laughs) disease with medications you know Mm. I mean there's been things like a carbos and carb blockers uh, but they don't you know get the theoretically it should work but it it doesn't right it'll, it'll reverse or help those a1c numbers to a certain degree but you can't cure it, right? Um, So I think the focus, we have to, I think we're at the fork in the road where, yes, we need to advance technology and keep that pushing forward, but we have to double down on the preventative med side, right? And I think in Guam, we have to look at, we have to kind of unite, and we have to work with the gyms, we have to work with, People like you that do the food prep or restaurants to make a better environment because some of this is also the environment we're in, mm-hmm. right? We can't walk around the block or go to the gas station without where 90% of the foods that are in the stores of the restaurants are contributing or making it easier to, to get diabetes, right? Sure. So, um, and, and some of those foods are hyperpalatable and it's just hard to yeah. really eat more wholesome or the way that will help with diabetes. So yeah, I, I think number one, you can't necessarily, and the gyms are critical, but you also can't just rely on exercise only, right? You can't out-exercise a poor diet. Correct. Yeah. So um, going back to it, I think we're not getting around these numbers and reducing the prevalence is because it's a lifestyle disease. You can't necessarily fix it with just technology and medicine.
0: I mean I mean that makes a lot of sense you can't you can't fix something if you're only looking at the tail end of, of the uh, I guess taking care of the, the solution at the tail end of the problem right right we got the kind of attack from the middle or at the start of it now second question and, and just going off of what you've been saying is how how do people get diabetes Yeah. so
1: I would re- encourage you to look up Jason Fung He's one of the guys I follow. He's a big proponent of um, educating people on the ideology of diabetes, and I'm a big fan of him. He's got some good hypotheses. There's some arguments against the way it is, but the way he explained it is a lot better, and I understand it better than how it's explained in um, medical school. Um, But basically, if I were to use his analogy, just kind of pretend that you have a whole baseball team, of uh young major league what baseball players and you're trying to get them on a truck imagine those little junior baseball players are glucose or sugar molecules in your bloodstream and you're trying to get them into the muscle or the cells which is the pickup truck right and um, we certainly want to get them mobilized out of the bloodstream or out, of, out into the muscle or car but uh, imagine the adults are the insulin hormone. They're trying to push, push the, or kind of situate the, the, the kids into the cell or the, the car. But if you have too much of the kids, or there's a whole 24 team, you can't fit them in that cell. And that's some over the years, you just can't, there's a max capacity to that cell or muscle or wherever you're trying to put that. So then insulin's job is to either change that into fat, and um, that's where a lot of times fat is converted because you have an excess of glucose. But at some point, you can't put any more glucose into the cell, and that forces the pancreas to try accommodate for that and get more adults and the body responds to make more get more adults to try cram more glucose in but it doesn't work right mm-hmm. there's a capacity to it so when you think about it in that sense the obvious um, solution is to just find a way to stop growing the population of kids right um, or build more muscle or have more cars to mobilize so exercise and the muscle hypertrophy will help distribute some of that glucose but um, and also finding a way to burn it off <laughs> so um, that's kind of I didn't mm-hmm. do justice on I explained. it that's why I said go to just Jason Fung He can better explain it than I can um, but it, it makes sense the way and, and I think tackling the solution is a lot clearer when you look it in that direction
0: yeah no I, it makes sense to me uh, your your analogy on that but a lot of what um, a lot of what people think, especially here on the island, yeah. right, is that diabetes is hereditary. And it doesn't matter what you do, if your grandparents have it, if your parents have it, you're going to have it, yeah. right? Is, is there truth to that fact? Yeah, so that's
1: kind of my biggest fear right now is now we're kind of getting into the second or third generation of people having diabetes. Because this was not really that prevalent just two, three generations ago, right, 50, 60 years ago um but now it's a major problem and what i'm worried about is just people becoming almost like a learned helplessness this 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 is the path that i'm gonna go through and this is the way it's gonna be but that's not definitely true at all we've seen it firsthand right in the clinic you've seen it at boca that we are able to reverse diabetes to certain degrees or at least improve the numbers by a lot right just by lifestyle solutions and sometimes with medications on top of that but in terms of the genetics, there is some truth to that. You know, some people, and we're getting better, and some of the technology or the that I'm trying to bring to Guam is epigenetic testing, where we can test people to see how they metabolize fats, how they metabolize glucose, and you can kind of see where people are more susceptible to becoming maybe more uh, tendency for pre-diabetes or diabetes with the genetic testing. And also, good news for you is that Sometimes we're kind of guessing, you know, will paleo or keto work for certain people, or um, more of a balanced carb, thirty uh, thirty split, or something like that, right? right. Um, but with that kind of technology, we can pinpoint exactly the closer diet that people optimize or um, not be, not get diabetic, and, and um, finding those solutions a lot more clear. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow, that's cool. So this is kind of new things that you're you're trying to bring to Guam to help the diabetic population right yeah do in your practice do you see that you mentioned there there's been an increase in um, in diabetic patients right Uh, and it's been hitting the Guam community a lot harder now than it did 20 30 40 50 years ago do you also see that the age at which people start to have to deal with diabetes is getting shorter? I mean, getting younger? younger. Uh, definitely. I mean, we
1: are having some, you know, children come into the clinic and um, like 11-year-olds that are heavier than I am. <laughs> and I'm at, you know, 150, 160. And that, that's just that's just crazy, right? Um, and that's going to lead you to... And, and some of these kids are already pre-diabetic. So if I estimate if you're already pre-diabetic at 11, 12, you're probably in that same path to becoming diabetic by 20 which is pretty much unheard of you know 10 even 10 years ago so that's, do you see that though in the clinics yeah i mean i don't i'm not a pediatrician so i don't see as many kids but um a lot of the pediatricians tell me there are definitely a higher amount of obesity and i'm sure there's already sources articles out there on obesity rates for children right but we are seeing pre-diabetes in the younger population already but um in terms of the adult population, yes I've seen 20 year olds that are pre diabetic diabetic already so in essence, you know you kind of cut your short your lifespan maybe your expected life expectancy was maybe 70, 80, but now you're probably looking at 60 if you already started at
0: diabetes at 20 yeah that's, I mean that's the that's reality that, that we have to face right we had I remember I had a uh, a worker of mine and he's, he's off island right now but when he came to us he was diabetic and he, he was young he was 20 something I want to say 28 probably and he would tell me stories about when he first got diagnosed and uh, basically he was a he was a walking time bomb like his glucose was so high he had a, a hard time managing it that he couldn't get it down and there were things that Uh, He tried to do medications he was taking, and he could never get a handle on it. But you know, he did. He made lifestyle choices um, with with our help, and he was able to get his numbers down to a good. uh, I think it was over 200, Mm -hmm. and now he was able to maintain around the hundreds, which was a really good win for him. You know, and he was grateful that we kind of took the time to really let him understand that and and show him how to make some changes within his life to to handle that but yeah you know that's that's one thing that kind of shocked me as he came in and he was very young but was still like once a month had to go dialysis or something like that you know and had to it it just it was crazy just hearing what he had to go through just for that so within the patients that you see right how how much of them are affected with diabetes and how do you kind of Get them to uh, to start making some lifestyle changes.
1: Yeah, that's 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 kind of a big passion of mine, and, and I, I also like it uh, because it's a big challenge. I like to take big challenges, but at the same time, it could be certainly frustrating. And, and sometimes I feel like a broken record, right? And you want the best for the patient. You want, you know, I honestly, if I didn't do anything, I'd probably have business for the rest of my life. And, you know, just go on my way. But for me, honestly, what I want to be able to do is have talks with my patients on. Honestly, talking about diabetes, I want them to reach their goals, right? Like, like higher level goals. Mm-hmm. Like they want to, if they want to run a marathon, or um, if they want to have energy to be the biggest, baddest CEO in the company. You know, and and make some actual, um, you know. Uh, life-changing goals and using health as a vehicle or the body as a vehicle to make that happen. Um, so um, so that's that's kind of what I really want you know but um, I think the challenge is we're talking when we're dealing with diabetes or any lifestyle things it's a lot of psychology right and it, the way you approach patients you can't do a cookie cutter ma- method. Some people need a cold cold turkey sugar detox zero sugar for a month to change their palate. some people um, rebel and they can't handle that so you have to do small intakes of ridiculously small habits and movements just start with five minute walks a day or let's just instead of two two or three scoops of rice let's just do one uh take out one scoop of rice and add two cups of vegetables instead of going straight to like a keto diet right so that's the challenge in trying to build that relationship and understanding people and kind of making those suggestions based on that but the bottom line is you have to most likely the bottom line is you probably have to get them out of processed foods and kind of work with their macros most likely the carbs most for most
0: cases yeah that and that's kind of our focus here at the Boca Box, right? We try to to help people understand the different types of macros that they're eating, how to kind of look at them to understand portion sizes and help them to understand that, you know, especially on Guam, it's not, food shouldn't be the same all the time. It shouldn't be protein and carbs, protein and carbs. It should be a lot of vegetables, minimize carbs, eat some lean protein, add in the good fat, and, you know, well-rounded, balanced meal. to to sustain the body. But looking at what's happening today, especially with COVID, public health came out with uh, a study or an article. I I didn't get to read the whole article, but it was saying that those that have uh, gone to the hospital, DOA, right, uh, dead on arrival and have passed away from COVID, they were, uh, I guess, the population that was affected by it most were the Micronesians and people with diabetes. Do you have any notion to, as, as to why diabetes plays such a big role in people having complications because of COVID?
1: Yeah, so to be honest, I, don't, I haven't studied the pathophys and, and understand the direct link, but um, I think overall when you have diabetes if you've had long-standing diabetes you're already kind of there with heart attacks and um, your immune system is a little bit lower um, also just having high blood sugar in general you're you're going to be more prone to infections right you're, you're going to succumb to infections a little bit easier immune system's not as good and uh, at least in the bacterial infection side um, you know bacteria love glucose <laughs> So you give them an environment to thrive, right? So um, I think you're, you're just already health-wise susceptible and just COVID um, just kind of puts you over the edge. And and I think, I think that messaging was lost in the last two years. <laughs> yeah. I think we dropped the ball on that one where, you know, we had that opportunity where we had a lot of time to kind of start exercising more and kind of realizing that um, maybe... Uh, It's time to change my lifestyle around.
0: Yeah, That's one thing we've been very big on and very passionate about. And and it's not just because of the past, what's it been, a year and a half, two years probably. Um, But it's always been our mindset that the healthier you are, the better chance you have at fighting COVID. The better chance you have at fighting diabetes. The better chance you have at fighting any disease that comes our way. The healthier you are, the better chance you have at fighting that. You know, so we have to take a realistic approach to our health, you know, and and like you said, you know, sometimes it's going to be small changes within our lifestyles that lead to big changes. Sometimes people can take the leap and go cold turkey and just, you know, make these big changes. Um, But right now, with everything that's going on, especially with with the emphasis on diabetes, and I think it's I think November is diabetes diabetes awareness, awareness, right? So with diabetes awareness one message that you want to put out to the public what would that be
1: I'd say sometimes kind of the um, thing I like to say is diabetes is a potential robber I think it's kind of a root cause for a lot of the diseases for heart attack and and um, you know kind of the, the way I describe it is if you look at it in a, a real-life situation where you know if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you need that energy to out hustle people, right? And with diabetes and that energy fluctuation, you're not gonna have that. If you're obese and that leads to diabetes uh, and that leads to maybe sleep um, apnea, you're, not, you're certainly gonna be too tired to outwork the other guy to be financially successful. Um, you know, if you derive happiness by being able to take care of your grandchildren, to carry them, exercise with them, to, do all the fun stuff, but if your knees are going out because of accelerated osteoarthritis because of your diabetes, you know that's gonna make it a lot harder. So part of your happiness is taken away from you, right? And um, one of the things or jokes I like to make is that, you know, if any message, if this doesn't resonate with you, hopefully this will resonate for, for the guys. Um, if you want to please your woman in the bedroom, <laughs> you know, smoking, and diabetes having diabetes is a surefire way to have malafunction chili
0: <laughs> oh man that I'm just gonna that that's gonna do it for me like that's if if I, I want to perform well and make my wife happy in the bedroom then stay healthy Yep. Yeah. right yeah that's either, um, we're, we're at the end of, of uh, our episode for today but we're going to be doing a lot more discussion on diabetes management. We're going to do a lot more discussion on how you can live a healthy lifestyle um, and take certain steps to do that, you know, if you have diabetes or if you want to, to help somebody within your family um, get better, you know. And then we're going to have a big discussion on our thought about reversing diabetes because for a long time, diabetes management has just been that managing your diabetes but um we kind of talked a while back about our philosophies with with health and diabetes and we kind of talked about reversing diabetes so we'll talk about that uh in our next episodes um but again this is a uh, boca box i mean this is boca box but the podcast is boca talks and we want to thank all of you guys for joining in and listening to us Uh, on today's episode please stay tuned for our next episodes again we're going to do probably an eight part series on diabetes uh, everything you need to know and want to know about maintenance about recovery about living with it about changing your lifestyles and everything in between so again Dr. Wen we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast and until next time adjust